Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Hallelujah. Is God good? Amen. Our God is holy, holy, holy. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You ready to prepare for what God has for you today as we continue in our service? Hallelujah. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. Your presence. Your presence. Your presence, your presence. 
you jesus pastor you think they're ready oh i think we're ready all right why don't you have a seat really quick i feel like there's some excitement in this place today is that the case man i love jesus how about you i'm so excited to preach this morning i've already broke one microphone so we'll see how we do on this one uh it's all right we've got more we can go through a couple more before the end of today we'll be all right uh let's pray to meet with you, and it changes and it transforms hearts and lives. No matter who we are, where we came from, what baggage we walked in here with, no matter if we've known you for 45 years and have an on-fire relationship with you, or today's the first day that we've ever heard the gospel message presented, that, God, you want to change, transform, and encourage our lives. And, Lord, we pray that we would surrender to you. Lord, I pray for an anointing. Lord, to preach the word effectively today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. amen. Before I get into the word, one last thing that I want to remind you of. I know Adrian had a whole long list of announcements today. But one thing that I really want to encourage you is we're going to start a new Bible study. Uh, I'm going to be teaching, Mike and I are going to be co-teaching on Wednesday nights, uh, a study called When to Walk Away. Uh, I went on a, a uh, pastor's retreat uh, a couple, well, about a month and a half ago, almost two months now. Uh, and while I was gone, I went through this Bible study personally. And it was incredible. It was incredibly challenging, incredibly difficult for me. Um, but I allowed God's word to work in my heart and my life. And it really changed some things. And I found some freedom uh, that I was not expecting to find, or, or even that I realized that I needed. Uh, and this study is about finding freedom from toxic people. Um, there are times in Jesus' ministry where he walked away or he allowed people to walk away because of toxic behavior. And uh, I just really, really want to encourage the church to go through this. There's two different ways you can do this. You can come on Wednesday nights, be a part of our Bible study and conversation afterwards, or you can do it on your own. Uh, two things that you need to do it on your own is a, uh, an account to Right Now Media. This is free. Uh, it's an online streaming services for Bible studies and other biblical content. We have this available in our foyer uh, out there uh, on, on the wood table. You'll see this. Pick it up. It tells you right on the back how to connect. You can watch it on your phone, your computer. Uh, most smart TVs have this app available. You can hook it up, connect. There's no cost to you for that. It's a free gift from us to you. But then we've also, uh, some ladies in our church spent a lot of time putting together six-week Bible study course. And these folders are available on the foyer. We don't have all of them done, but we have several. I think there's 25 that are available today. So if you could do this, if you want to go through this study um, and you're saying, I'm not going to be here on Wednesdays, you can pick this up today. If you're a married couple, would you please just pick up one and we will get the rest of them done this week and get them out to you. If you're coming on Wednesdays, don't pick it up today. We will have these available on Wednesday night. 
Um, but if you're not sure about Wednesdays, but you want to go through this, please pick up this, pick up this, and I guarantee you, you will go to a deep place with God where God will challenge you about toxic behavior. You know one of the things that might happen is you might realize maybe you're not a toxic person, but you have some toxic behaviors that are controlling your own life. Uh, and maybe you're pouring into others and being toxic for others. Uh, and maybe the Holy Spirit would convict you and go, hey, let's get this toxic behavior out of your life uh, before some other people start, start walking away from you uh, because you're not dealing with this. So can we do that as a church? Amen. Great, four people. Can we do this as a church? Amen. All right, awesome, great. Uh, let's get into God's Word today. And these are available on the wood table in the back. Please pick these up uh, as you leave today. All right, so let's recap really quick. Can we recap? Okay, great. Mike is excited. He forgot what we preached about last week because he wasn't here. He was leading worship at another church. So he's excited for us to recap this. And so let's recap this together. We're in a series called Callings and Conflicts. We're going through the book of Acts, but this is a mini-series within that, talking about callings and conflicts in our life. So let's, let's just look at what we've talked about so far. This is, we're going into week three today. We know that everyone has a calling. Who has a calling? Everyone. Who has a calling? Everyone. everyone. Everybody that's here today has a calling. The calling is the same. It's to know Christ and to make him known. But we realize as we live out those callings that living out that calling can be very different. There are different assignments we might be given by the Holy Spirit and the Lord for us to accomplish. There are different gifts in each and every one of us. We're not all meant to have the same gifts. But as we live and develop our gifts and we, we walk and develop our assignment, we come together, and that's the beauty of the church because it gets the mission done. And so we come together, all of our callings together, all of our assignments, all of our different gifts to see what God wants to do in lives. And we know this, we will face conflicts in our calling. And conflicts come in two forms. We've got external conflict and internal conflict. External conflict, it's just like that. It's outside sources that we have a conflict with. But there will also be internal conflicts within us about our past, our experiences, our emotions, all these things can bring about internal conflict. Sin that we haven't dealt with, internal conflict. And here's what we know that as we deal or as we ignore external or internal conflict, that there's the possibility that the other form of conflict will arise. If you've got internal conflict and you aren't dealing with it, you're not facing it, I guarantee you that will lead to outside external conflict. So we're all on the same page. But I will tell you this, it's better to deal with it than leave it unresolved. Because unresolved conflict will always lead to a bigger mess. Well, dealing with conflict might be difficult and challenging and be a mess temporarily. It will lead you to a healthier life in Christ. So let's deal with conflict. We also know from week one, we talked about the importance of balance. And we have to have a well-balanced gospel. We can't just pick or highlight a few verses and make that our thing because we will be imbalanced, that'll be improper, and it's going to lead us to a balanced followers of Christ, well-balanced in all areas of our life. We looked last week at the conflict of focus. You might remember Martha, and what do we learn? Man, we learned this, that the devil loves to steal our time. The devil has a way of using people, and not necessarily that he's using them, right? But in, in us, he'll have us focus on people, and that misdirects our focus. It steals our joy, and eventually will steal our purpose. And that's what we saw in Martha. There's a lot of drama that happens between the kitchen and the dining room table, right? We talked about that last week. And look, Thanksgiving's coming. That message was just in time. All of us are going to have a little bit of drama between the kitchen and the dining room table, but thank goodness if we have a heart submitted to Christ, we can work through conflict. Amen? Amen. So that leads us to today, to a message called Preparing to Launch. Preparing to Launch. Well, let's take a look at that. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. We're looking at just three verses today, and these are the same three verses that we, we had for, for week one of this miniseries. 
Verse 1 says this, Now in the church in Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Minian, who, uh, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have, been, I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. We have five unique individuals, five men who were leaders in the early church. They came from different places, different background, different experiences, different races, but brought together by what? Jesus in their life. A beautiful picture of what the church should be. The church shouldn't be based on the color of our skin because the church should be all sorts of different colors. And we shouldn't all look the same. We shouldn't have all the same backgrounds. We shouldn't have all the same excitements. I know some of you are, are excited about the Packers game. Some of us are excited about the Formula One American Grand Prix today. Maybe just this guy is excited about that. But we have different passions and different things that excite us. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And that's where these guys were. That's the picture that we see. These guys are together, they're worshiping, they're praying. When the Holy Spirit speaks, but he does not just speak to one, he speaks to them all. He speaks to them all. And what does he say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God had already called Paul to minister to the Gentiles in Acts chapter 9, and now he summons Barnabas to minister with him. The church confirmed their calling, commissioned these men, and sent them forth. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit working through the local church to equip and enlist believers to go forward and serve. So we're going to talk first about developing your calling. Developing your calling. At 2 p.m. today, those Formula One cars, 20 cars will line up on the grid, the lights will go out, and they will launch down that first straight to the first corner. They'll reach a top speed today of over 200 miles an hour, far faster than I ever want to go, <laughs> especially in a car that I'm driving. <laughs> They're going to launch, but here's the thing. To launch, there was a lot of development that had to happen. They didn't just put these cars together willy-nilly and say, okay, and just randomly pick somebody. Hey, would, Brad, would you like to drive today? Throw a helmet on him, put him in the car and say, let's go and get it done. Let's launch. No, there was a ton of preparation. Every Formula One team has almost 1,000 people working behind them, preparing, doing computer simulations from tires and different parts and all these different things that they're working to develop these cars. And that technology then goes to us. It's used all over the world in all sorts of different things, just not in car manufacturing. But there's all of this development that has to happen, and there's development that has to happen in our calling. Ten years prior to the events that happened in Acts chapter 13, we see Paul gets saved. Ten years ago in Acts chapter 9, he gets saved, and he receives a calling to reach the Gentiles. The Gentiles, anybody who is not Jewish. He receives this call. This is a very different thing for the church. It's a very different thing for him. And it's 10 years after receiving this call that now he is in a launch window and Saul is commissioned to missionary work. 10 years had to go by. To get to the launch window, Paul had to be prepared. And what, what was God doing? How was he preparing Paul? Well, he was preparing his mind. Remember, he, he was a religious guy. So zealous was he in, in, in religion that he was, he was saying, hey, I'll hold the coats for the people who want to go stone these Christians. He's stuck in religion. And then he's out there breathing down these threats, throwing people in jail, separating families. And he thinks he's serving the Lord. So there was a lot that happened when he got saved. God had to rework a lot of his mind, a lot of his heart, a lot of his understanding. He had to build a deeper relationship with the Lord. Paul's 
Paul's emotions had to be prepared. The relationships he had to to form and forge to be healthy in ministry, that took time to do that. There was a lot that had to be worked Launch window. He was also put the gospel message. Paul would have launched day one. He wasn't prepared, but the field wasn't prepared either for him. He couldn't jump ahead of God's timing. Back in April of 1994 in Abilene, Texas, a 16-year-old boy was getting ready to go to sleep in an RV. And as he was laying down, he prayed, prayed a very sincere and real prayer. Jesus, show me that you're real, and I'll give you the rest of my life, and you can do whatever you want with it. Whatever you want. As this young man fell asleep, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and with God that would forever change his life. And before he got saved, he was called into ministry. And as this young boy awoke from his sleep, he kneeled beside this couch that he was sleeping on in this RV and gave his life to Christ because that young boy 29 years ago was me. But 29 years ago, I was not ready to be the lead pastor of Hillside Assembly. (laughs) That would not have gone well (laughs) at all. (laughs) But that was the call. That was the mission. This is what God had. But there was a lot of preparation that had to happen. There was a lot of preparation that had to happen in me and a lot of preparation that had to happen in you for us to come together at just the right time for God to bring us together to be in the launch window of the ministry we have today. And it's a good thing, isn't it? but it's not easy. It's not easy. I was dramatically called into ministry, but I wasn't ready to launch into my assignment. But the Holy Spirit knew what he was doing. He began a process of preparation. And over the years, some of it was great. There were times of celebration and victory and triumph, but there were also times that were extremely painful and difficult and challenge, challenging. There were moments of loss, moments of defeat, times where I got my, my teeth kicked in, just being real and honest. You may not know this about sheep. They bite. They got teeth. There's reasons that Shepherd has that big old staff. Yeah, it's to hit the wolves. It's also sometimes to get the sheep, to knock them on their nose and just go, stop it. <laughs> stop picking on the other sheep and stop picking on the shepherd. If you've been around sheep, you know it's true. And there were times over the years where I wanted to walk away. I wanted to quit. Where I thought, do I really have what it takes to do this? I remember. I remember praying as we left our last assignment to come here. Do I really have what it takes to be a lead pastor? My greatest fear was that I was going to screw up everybody's life. (laughs) That was my greatest fear. Lord, do I have what it takes? Sometimes you just have to trust that God knows what he's doing and step into it. The Holy Spirit develops our call. The church helps develop our call. The Word of God helps develop our call. The Holy Spirit calls, and through the Holy Spirit, the local church affirms callings to ministry, and that's point number two, confirmation in your assignment. The call of Paul and Barnabas was not something that just that they heard in their own heads. It was something that was confirmed by the local church, by these who genuinely life, that genuinely care about you, And there are a lot of those people, and there are a lot of those ministries. And can I just tell you, a pastor on YouTube does not know you. Yeah, he might tell you everything that you ever want to hear and tickle your ears, 
But a pastor, a genuine pastor who cares about you will come up to you and go, brother, sister, there are some things that just aren't right. You got to put the brakes on. And you may, you may not like that. You may think that that pastor is horrible, but a good shepherd cares about you and is willing to tell you, hold on, slow your boat. Throw an anchor for a moment so that we can fix the hole in the boat. Because if we don't throw the anchor out and we let you go out into the deep water, your boat is going to sink. That's part of being a pastor. That's part of having leaders in our life. And I have leaders in my life that I go to that pour into my life and that speak into my life and go, Eric, you got a hole in your boat. Let's get it patched. <laughs> when I was 20 years old, I had the opportunity to go and an intern for a church in Norfolk, Nebraska for a year. And a few weeks before I left, I gathered together with five friends, and we were hanging out that day, and we decided that evening we were going to go out to this lake in Bellevue, Nebraska. And we weren't going out there to be spiritual. We were just hanging out. We hung out. I had some great friends in my, in my early 20s. And it was great because we would just go do things, and Jesus would just show up in the middle of it. And as we're out there in the lake, and I think we were sitting on the hoods of our cars and just hanging out and talking, and everybody was in this stage of transition. We were all moving, going to different places. You know, we realized that one season was closing. I don't remember which one of us said it, but hey, let's pray for each other. We jumped off the hood of our cars, and we gathered together next to that lake, and we began to pray. And as we pray, I remember it was the youngest one among us who was a brother of, of a friend of mine. And as we were praying, we prayed for each other, he laid hands on me and he began to speak about the ministry God would call me to. And to this day, I still remember the words that Tim spoke. And I remember that not only did he speak, but the other, these other young men that were with him confirmed what he was speaking. These were not people with an agenda. These were people I just did life with that we genuinely cared about each other. And what was crazy is the things that Tim was speaking were things that I could not see in myself, that the others around could not see, but somehow the Spirit was speaking it and confirming it in our hearts in that moment that this crazy 20-year-old guy was going to be called to be a lead pastor and that he would see people get saved in his ministry. God could see it. And the Holy Spirit confirmed that day my assignment. And through the years, God has affirmed through church leaders my calling. Pastors like Tim Mullen, Bernie Bannon, Mark Rose, Kelvin Nigren, Gary Bass, Superintendent Stephen Shibley from South Dakota spoke into my life and affirmed my calling. Along the route, I was a master's commission student, an intern, a youth leader, an associate pastor, a Chi Alpha director, and now a lead pastor. It didn't happen overnight. And I didn't always know where, where the bus was going to go. But I was willing to say yes to the Lord. When open doors came my way and the Lord asked me to walk through them, I did my best to be obedient. On that evening at the lake, I couldn't have seen the things that would, I would go through in my own life, what it would cost me to walk in ministry. And I'll be honest with you, if I would have seen it, I would not have said yes. Obedient. But looking back on it, was it worth it? Absolutely. When I look in this room, I love the people in this room. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul's journey from calling to launch was not easy. It was full of challenges. The idea of living out our calling is going to be all roses and sunshine all the time is not reality. If you read the Bible, you will definitely see that's the case. Men and women of God who stood up and said yes to the Lord and then found themselves in a pit with lions wait, what? <laughs> That's not how the story's supposed to go. Men who stood up and said, I will continue to pray to my God only to find themselves being thrown in a fiery furnace. A woman who said, yes, I'll serve and became the queen 
only to have to face challenges where she realized if she spoke up and did the things God was asking her to do, it might cost her her own life. It's not easy. But is it worth it? Yes. And I will tell you this, in the difficult times, God will confirm your calling. When you're in the fire, he will show up and walk with you. And there is nothing on the face of this planet like when you're being crushed and God shows up and says, I'm not done with you. It may not be the story we would write, but it's the story he is writing. And when you're in the fire in that moment, God is confirming that call, and it's all you can do to just hang on to him. But there will come a day where you will walk out of that furnace, and you will see that the hand of God has spared you because he's not done working in you. As hard as that is for me to say to you, I want you to experience that because it takes you to a deeper place with Christ. It's painful. I'm not going to lie to you. It's painful, but it takes you to a place that's deeper. And that's worth, that's worth the wait. Sean, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth having God confirm your calling in the dark places. Number three, celebrate someone else's launch. When we go back to our scriptures, we see that there were five men that were serving God, that they heard the Holy Spirit speak, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them. Paul and Barnabas were sent on a special assignment. But what about these other three men? Let me tell you what they did not do. They did not sit and have a pity party because God called two of them onto something else. They were not jealous. They did not walk away from the church or their ministry or their relationships. You know what they did? They celebrated their brothers. Let's have some brothers come up. Come on, guys. Aiden and Akaika. I love these guys. You guys, aren't these guys amazing? Two of the hardest working guys I know. I want you to stand over here, and I want you to stand over here. Right now, Aiden's got a job. He's working in construction. He's helping to build a multi-million dollar home on Green Lake. When you're done, you can come build one for me. Uh, <laughs> I can't pay you, but you feel free to build it. Um, and man, I love the quality of your work. I know it's great. Walk out that calling. And you continue to work in construction. You become a craftsman. Maybe someday you even have your own company that you're in charge of. Man, that's awesome. But Akaika over here feels a different way in a different direction. He gets done with high school. Maybe he goes off to college. He really gets into chemistry. He's working one day in his lab. He comes up with a chemical compound that all of a sudden reverses cancer. Now, that's pretty amazing. And you're going to touch millions of lives doing that. I mean, that's pretty cool. But let me ask you something. Because of what God has done in your life and what he's doing, does it diminish anything that God did in Aiden's life? No. Yes, you're impacting lives, but so is Aiden, because guess what? That family is going to live in that house. They're going to start their family in that house. Their daughter is going to get asked to prom in that house. And then she's going to come home from prom crying because something happened that she thinks that something happened but really didn't happen and that her boyfriend was looking at somebody else and he wasn't and, it, and there's going to be tears and the dad's going to be like pulling his hair out and he'll be bald. I mean, all sorts of memories are going to happen in this house. And your calling is just as valid and just as important as Akaika's, even though it's very different. You guys can have a seat. Church, we got to learn how to celebrate when other people have an assignment. And we got to stop trying to make it all about us. 
Like somehow we have got in our mind that the Bible revolves around my life. The Bible revolves around Jesus. He is the center. And when our brothers and sisters get called, when they get sent, we should be celebrating. It does not, because someone else is sent, it does not diminish what God is doing in your own life. It does not diminish your importance in God's heart. He still sees you. He still sees you. These men were commissioned. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands and they sent them off. They celebrated what God was doing in their friend's life and the new adventure that they were headed into. We should celebrate when our brothers and sisters are being called, when they're being developed, when they're being sent, when they're being launched. Someone else's calling does not lessen yours. Someone else's assignment does not diminish yours. Someone else's launch does not diminish who you are in Christ. Celebrate what Jesus does in others' lives and be grateful for what he's doing in yours. If you're in a season of preparation, do not despise it. Celebrate it. Because if you push through and you try to do things your own way, it will not end well. You need to look no further than Abraham and Sarah who said, God, you can't possibly do it, so we'll do it. So he had an extramarital affair, had a child named Ishmael, and caused a whole bunch of friction in his family. Had they just waited on God, wait on God for your launch window. Do not push forward on your own. You will make a mess, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. But to do that, we have to be submissive to God. Amen? One last thing that we're going to talk about today, and that's the failure to launch. Some of you here today feel like, as I'm preaching this message, this is good for young people, but what's it have to do with me? Some of you here today feel like you've missed your launch window. You failed. There was a dream to close the window. Almost, there's, it's, it's not even mourning. It's, it's beyond that. It is, it is this thing that's holding you back from serving now. It's this regret that you have in your life. But we're going to fix that today. Let me encourage you this morning. Some of you know Judy Gamal and her husband, George. I got a picture of George here that we'll show you. George and Judy were a part of this church for a long time. When God called them to Africa, and God developed their call, and eventually the launch window came. They went to Africa. They had a phenomenal ministry. And to this day, Judy still ministers in Africa in many different forms and fashions. But some time ago, George walked out on his marriage. They ended up getting a divorce. And it was, it was heartbreaking. A lot of in here, here, you know the story. So for years, they were apart. Judy kept serving the Lord. God honored her ministry. Great things were happening. But then God moved and changed George's heart. And he repented. And he came back. And he asked his wife, if she would remarry him. And they got remarried just recently. But George was diagnosed with cancer and has been battling it this past year. And a few months ago, George was, uh, had to go and, and live in an assisted living facility. But on the day he moved in, he looked at his wife and he said this, I can still listen, I can still pray. This is now my mission field. This is my new Africa. Look at this picture. There's George in his wheelchair with his backpack getting ready to go to Bible study. <laughs> Excited because it's not too late. Because I want to tell you something. The call of God is irrevocable. Did you hear that? It's irrevocable. 
If you think that you missed your launch window, God is not done. It might take a different format. It may not look the way that you think it's going to look, but God's call on your life cannot be revoked. And if you're willing to say yes to the Lord, God is willing to open doors for you. But you have to be willing to say yes. And it might look like George. He couldn't go back to the land he wanted to go back to. But the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and said, this is now your Africa. Two weeks ago, George passed away. But can I tell you this? He was fulfilling his calling to the very end. That's a life to be celebrated. And let me tell you what God did for George, he will do for you. It is not too late to say yes to the Lord. Kathy, if you would come to the piano this morning. God has a call. God has a call on every person here, and there are assignments for every one of us. It's not too late. The assignment may change. It's not too late to say yes to Jesus. You may be sitting here this morning and saying, maybe you're a lady and you're saying, well, I'm single and I, I, can't, I can't move until God gives me a man. I want to tell you that is not true. That is not true. Look at our own church and the legacy that has come out of this place. Mary Ann Adams, single. And now... It's a children's pastor at the largest children's ministry in Indonesia. And not just that, just a few weeks ago, Glory sought after all over Congo as one of the leading teachers of the word of God in Africa. She didn't say, I got to wait for a man. She just had to wait on Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, if God is calling you, all you have to do is say yes this morning. We don't, this morning it's not about figuring out what to do next. What to do next is say yes. And then we're going to be on a preparation. Well, how long is the preparation going to be? I have no idea. I don't write that story. He does. But I'll walk with you. We'll walk with you. We'll celebrate with you. This morning, church, would you do this? Would you stand to your feet? Who's called? Who's called? Everyone. Who's called? Everyone. Every one of us is called to something. Everyone is called to know him and to make him known. This morning... If you would just say, Lord, like that young teenage boy in that motorhome, I'm just willing to say yes to the things you have for me, for my assignment, for my calling. I'm willing to be developed. I'm willing to go through whatever it takes, Lord, to walk in your ways. I'm willing to allow people in my life that can hone and teach and transform my life through the Holy Spirit. I'm willing to say yes to you. If you're willing to do that, would you just raise your hand this morning and just acknowledge to God. Come on, hands all over the place this morning. This is a powerful moment. I want you to do this. If you feel comfortable, would you just reach out, grab the hand of the person next to you or a shoulder? We're gonna pray for each other this morning. Lord, in this place right now, every single person is called. We are called to know you and to make you known. And God, the, 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 the story you're writing for us is one that only you can write. It will be full of ups and downs. But Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you see the people this morning who have said, I will say yes to Jesus. I will say yes to allowing my life to just be changed and transformed by the Holy Spirit, to be changed and transformed by the Word, by the relationships that I'll have with people in church, that, Lord, I say yes to being prepared for whatever assignments 
you have for us. I say yes to the victories, and Lord, I say yes to the challenges because, Lord, they draw me closer to you. Lord, I pray this morning that, God, you would confirm your calling in all of these people here, that, God, you would do what only you can do, that, Lord, we honor you this morning. Lord, for the person here this morning who would say in their heart the same thing that I said to you 29 years ago, show me, God, that you are real and I will give you the rest of my life to do whatever you want to do. God, I know you will honor that prayer and you will show up and show yourself true and worthy and faithful. Change lives and God use us in our city use us to serve use us to love use us to encourage use us as vessels to carry the gospel message to a city that needs hope Lord we give you praise glory and honor I'm going to do one more thing this morning if there are people ministry it's lead path by vocational, uh, but you feel called. Maybe it's lead pastor. Maybe it's pastoral care. Maybe it's, it's, it's something, but do you, there's a call for, for, for that pastor's heart and serving this morning to step up and say, yes, I'll, I'll, I'm acknowledging the call in my life, or called to missions, called to be a missionary. And listen, I want to say this. There are other full-time callings in ministry. All right, there are others. But this morning, I feel very specifically that we're to, to pray and acknowledge the calling of that on some people. Maybe you're a part of our staff here. You can come to the altar. But we're just going to take a moment. And I want you to do this. If you're, if you're here and you're with your spouse, I would like you to, to grab a hold of their hand. And if you're not, or you're single, that's fine too. But spouses, grab a hold of your spouse's hand. Because when God calls one, he calls both when you're married. I want you to just close out everything else that's going on. Just be silent. And in this moment, just ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Lord, if you're calling me, let me feel the pull. Let me feel something in my mind, in my heart, in my spirit this morning, that there's something that you're calling me to. If you're feeling called, to pastoral ministry or to the mission field, would you come and just stand at the altar? We want to pray for you this morning. We're just going to wait on the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're just going to wait for a moment. Church, would you just stretch out a hand towards these this morning? We're just going to take a moment, and we're just going to pray. We're just going to call upon the Lord. Kathy's just going to play. Let's just begin to just pray and celebrate God calling people into the ministry. Amen?
Are we on? There we go. Let's do one more thing. I want to pray for our church staff. Jackie's on her way to getting credentialed. She's in her last phases of that. She has a calling on her life. We have a tremendous staff here. Adrian and Hannah are absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of them. So proud of them. Um, so proud of Robbie. I realize there will come seasons where we will send people out from this place. and There'll be seasons where God brings in new leadership, different leadership. We raise up leadership. That'll change as seasons go on. Right now, he's brought us all together to be in this season together. But let's pray over our, our church staff. Can we do that? And if you're close to them this morning, if a couple of you want to get around Adrian and Hannah, Lord, we are blessed. Lord God, you have given this pastor tremendous staff. I know I cannot hold on to them forever. But God, I pray that you would enable me to pour into their lives and to prep them for whatever comes next. Lord, there is no doubt in my mind that you will use them in great ways in your kingdom. That God, you have anointed them. Lord, I thank you for Adrian's tremendous gifts, Lord, to be able to communicate and to worship. But most of all, I thank you for his gift for loving people, seeing the best in people, always pursuing. Lord, I thank you for Hannah. God, her heart for ministry, her heart for the church as a whole. Lord, I pray that you would continue. Lord, we thank you and, and families and to serve them in a capacity as a pastor. Lord, we pray that what you started, you will see to completion. And we celebrate with her as she finishes her credentialing process. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for Robbie. Lord, that heart surgery that he had this last week, God, you'll see it to completion. What you started, you'll see to completion. Lord, I pray as his body experiences a different flow of blood and it's going where it's supposed to, uh, we thought he could run before. He's going to run at light speed now. But Lord, we just pray that God, I know his heart to, to be a life coach to people. That is his desire. Lord, we don't know exactly how that will take shape, but Lord, we pray. Lord, open the doors at the right time as he continues to develop. And Lord, we pray for Mike and Nancy, the God you called, you've called. And Lord, when the season comes to launch, we will launch them from this place and we will celebrate with them and we will be a resource for them in ministry. Lord, we thank you you knew what you were doing 29 years ago. You know what you're doing today. And God, we pray that this church would be ascending church. We would launch people into ministry and the missions field, that you would continue to expand our heart for missions, and that God, your hand would be upon this place, that lives would continue to be changed, transformed for the kingdom of God, and that this church would serve Ripon, its surrounding communities, that we would not just serve, but we would serve well. We would represent you well. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. I think Dave is coming. As pastor has shared the the impact and the importance and the seeking of calling. We want to take a moment and thank you, Pastor, for being obedient to your calling. And it's so much more than it's so much more than this Sunday morning. If I get the rest of the board to come up, it's so much more than a Sunday morning message or encouragement or this this prayer of helping people seek their calling and sending people out. It's so much more. You've deepened our relationship in the community. You've provided a great testimony of this church to the community. You push us, you pull us sometimes. <laughs> and it's great, and it's all for the betterment. It's, it's not just for this church. 
Uh, it's so much bigger, and we, we really appreciate it. Um, just with the VBS, the encouragement to get involved downtown, it's just, it's, it's so big. Um, it's having an impact on people's hearts right now as you've helped guide us and direct us and also just it's it's good for the community and we appreciate it and we want to take a moment if people could come up we're going to pray over our pastor we have a, a gift for him for pastor appreciation month but also over the course of this week if you could just take a moment and uh, share a note with pastor either send him a card or drop something off at the church no rocks just yeah <laughs> Just let him know. I'm sure. I'm sure. Week in and week out, he he could he could use the words of encouragement at any time. So it would be great if some if some people could step up and pass on words of encouragement as they've been blessed by Pastor over the years. Let's pray over Pastor. If anyone wants to come up, lay hands. We thank you for our pastor. We thank you for the ways. Eric's obedience to that calling, Father God. Thank you for his sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the path that brought him here. The education and the experiences that he's able to use here and encourage us. Thank you for that path. Minister to him, encourage him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for his witness. We pray for many more years of ministry for him. Minister to Pastor Eric, Holy Spirit, encourage him. Thank you. Uh, one other quick thing we need to do, housekeeping here. Uh, I'd like to pray over our offering. The offering boxes in our foyer or you can give online at hillsideassembly.org thank you for service thank you for this opportunity to get together father god help us to do our part bless our offering please do more with it than we could do on our own and again thank you for this time We're dismissed, but as we are dismissed, a uh, couple reminders. We are going to have the F1 watch party this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Also, if we get some hands downstairs to set up some tables and chairs for next week, and we might be bringing out the baptism tank after service today, so if we get some hands to pull some pieces out of from the room over here. Have a good Sunday. Have a good week.